0: Well, it's already been stated, but happy Mother's Day to all of you moms here in the room. Hey, I do have a favor to ask that uh, I was made aware of. If you have extra seats next to you, if you could uh, make some room and scoot over and leave some uh, wider gaps for people, because we are running out of chairs. I will say there's always chairs on the front row by Roy, so uh, if you're brave enough, just come on up here and join him. We do have three seats up here, actually, but uh, there's several... Just a side note, uh, we're always looking for ways that we can serve the community, and obviously one of those communities that we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of is Hebner Elementary School. And so each year we ask them, hey, what can we do to be a blessing to you guys to help beyond what we pay for, you know, and rent and stuff to be here on Sunday mornings? In the past, we've done gardening for them. Some of you have helped out with that, with their landscaping. Last year, we uh, contributed some finances so that their students who needed to go to summer school but couldn't afford to go to summer school would be able to go because there are some fees involved there. This year, we asked again, and they said, could you guys help us get some more chairs because we're running out of chairs. And uh, you guys see that here on Sunday mornings. What we put out on Sunday mornings is about all the chairs they have that aren't currently used in classrooms. And so we're going to help them get some more chairs this year. And the nice part of that is it benefits us as well. It's like when your mom says, let's go out to eat for Mother's Day at your favorite restaurant, right? And you're like, win-win right there, right? So they ask us if we could help with chairs and we're going to get them some more chairs. Um, But in the meantime, we may just have to scoot over some and uh, make sure that we've got enough seats for everybody. I know I said happy Mother's Day, but Beyond just Mother's Day, I want to give a heartfelt thank you to all of you who are moms, who are grandmothers, to those of you in the room who are like a mom to so many people because you pray for them, you give them advice, you love them. And uh, so we want to give a heartfelt thank you to all of you. So everybody else in the room, would you give them a round of applause? Now, I do know that many of you come from... uh, many different situations, but for the most part, many of us could trace the very fact that we're in this room today back to a mom or a grandmother or somebody who was like a mom, who helped give us boundaries and helped pray for us and helped tell us about who Christ was. And so for many of us, We could say part of the reason we're in this room today is because of a mom or a grandmother or some woman who played an amazing role in all of our lives. Personally, I'm very thankful for my mom. Uh, I was blessed to grow up with a mom uh, who prayed for me, who encouraged me all through my life, and still does even today. Uh, She put up with me in my less than lovable moments, and I'll be real honest with you and say there were quite a few of those uh, because... I've been quite the mischievous child. We had three boys, I was the middle one, and I was the mischievous one, right? You know, if you kind of put a description on each one of the kids, I was Mr. Mischief right there. And so, I do have a picture of my mom, and there she is, and so uh, I am very... Appreciative of her, but uh, I can't help but be a little mischievous when I get the opportunity to. Uh, but she's always made sure that I had an opportunity to grow in the Lord. And so I'm really appreciative for that. It was never something she forced down my throat, but she always left that opportunity open for us to grow. And I do have to say, uh, this, is, this is a little bit of a plug as well, but uh, it was something that was absolutely monumental in my life. And it weren't, if it weren't for my mom... I don't know where I'd be today because of this very fact. But going into the seventh grade, my mom signed me up for summer camp. And none of my friends were going. And so I was trying to find every excuse in the world not to go. Even so much so that the day before, I got a really bad sunburn. And I was like, Mom, I cannot go to summer camp. And I went to bed throwing one of those fits. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I was throwing one of those fits. And so the next morning, she had this moment of compassion, and she said, okay, it's time to go, but you don't have to go to summer camp if you don't want to. And I said, no, I'll go. And that summer absolutely changed the course of my life, because I met Christ in a way that summer that I had never experienced him before in my life. Because of my mom And because of the opportunity we had at summer camp, it was absolutely monumental in my life. So you've heard us announce a little bit that we've got a camp coming up this summer. It's the first time we've done something like this for our middle school and open to our high school kids as well. But it's Camp Eagle, open to finished 5th grade through finished 11th grade. And it is going to be an absolutely outstanding camp. Now here's what I want to say because I remember when I went to camp and I thought it was expensive. It was like $70. And I thought, that man, that is so much. And you parents are like, sign me up, right? Send my kid away for 70 bucks. Now camp is $350. And if you have more than one kid, you start thinking, oh, man, there's just no way. This summer, being our first time, we want to make sure that every student within our allotment uh, that can and wants to go to camp will get to go to camp this summer. So we don't want money to stop you. Parents, if you want your kids to go to summer camp, students, if you're wanting to go to summer camp, this is a great opportunity, and we want to make sure that your students can get there and have a great experience as well. Well, in addition to my own mother, I have to say that I've been blessed with many godly women in my life who have prayed for me encouraged me, sent me encouraging notes, given me a hug after church and and let me know what they appreciated. And that has been so encouraging in my life uh, to have those ladies throughout the years that have played that role in my life just as a godly woman. Sometimes even corrected me or given me that mom look. Sometimes I see that mom look even when I'm up here and I can see your eyes, right? You can give that mom look just at the drop of a hat. But I've been blessed to have those ladies in my life who have encouraged me and made me grow in my faith in that way. Now, you may be saying, that's great, Adam, but I didn't have a mom like that, and I don't really have women in my life who are like that. If by any chance that's you today, I've got some good news for you. One of the ladies who prays for me every day is here in this service. Miss Evelyn, will you raise your hand? She's sitting right back there in the middle of the room. (laughs) Evelyn prays for me all the time, and I asked her last week, I said, Miss Evelyn, if we have anybody in this service that doesn't have a mom that is praying for them, would you pray for them? And she said, I would be honored to. So even if you do, but if you just need somebody that you know is going to be praying for you in every season, I want you to catch Miss Evelyn afterwards. Give her your name, write it down on a piece of paper, and say, Would you be praying for me? And she would love to pray for you. And she raised triplets. And so if she can get through that, I think she can handle any mess that you have to pray for, all right? So uh, I'm sure she would love to pray for you if you need a mom who's going to be praying for you. Now, that said, I'm also very aware in times like this that though we're celebrating moms, I look at this even more as honoring moms because... For some of us, it can be a difficult day as well, even as we're celebrating the ladies who are in our life. Because there are those of us in the room who have lost a child, who have lost a dream of being able to have children. Or maybe you're here today and you're just thinking, man, I would love to be able to go out and have lunch with my mom after church today. But she's not with us anymore. And so for those of you today who are in the midst of celebration There's still a little bit of a void or pain inside. I want you to know that we honor you as well. And um, whatever the situation or circumstance you may be in, we want you to know that you are loved and honored in this place, whether that's in celebration or in grief or some mix of both. Well, we're starting a new series today, and it's called Connected. And when we say connected, we're talking about how we can connect with God genuinely in our lives how he genuinely wants to know who we are and he wants to hear from us and how we can hear from him in our lives. And originally when I thought about doing this series, I thought, well, we'll just wait till after Mother's Day so that this can be uh, just a Mother's Day message. But then I thought about it. Really, there's probably no better topic than Mother's Day to talk about something like this, because I think every mom if you could boil it down, they want for their kids, they want to know that their kids can become everything that God wants them to be, everything that they were created to be. And so as we talk about connecting to God, that's the purpose of it. We want to connect to God so that we can hear who he wants us to be and we can become who God wants us to be. So even as I I thought through this first message of the series, I thought, well, this is really a mom's heart for all of her children. So we're going to go ahead and start this series today. So, um, the, the very idea of connection. I mean, even when we talk about moms, I mean, when you come into this world, you're not wireless yet. You're still literally connected, right, by that umbilical cord. We're connected to our moms. And when we talk about moms, there is a connection there that is unlike any other connection that we have in our lives. And so uh, as we go throughout life, Obviously, your connection with your mom changes. I hope it does, right? You know, I hope that you're not grown and still living in the basement. But uh, if you are, you know, hopefully someday you take the next step. But hopefully throughout life, that connection changes. But no matter what stage you're at in life, our unique relationship with our mothers gives us a very unique connection. Beyond the nurturing that moms give us, beyond the teaching and the love that they give us, Here's what we get with moms. We get a very unique access. I, l- I look at it this way. With my mom, I have refrigerator rights. Now, with you guys, I don't have refrigerator rights. No matter how well I know you, I don't just walk into your house, open up the refrigerator, get whatever I want out of it, and sit down and eat it. But with my mom, I have refrigerator rights. I have a very unique access at my mom's house, right? I do have a confession to make, a little access confession as well. I told you guys a few weeks ago when we had a tough message, when we had the talk a little bit and we talked about human sexuality a little bit, I told you that my mom was the school nurse and she's the one that came and had the talk with the entire student body in the sixth grade and it was horrible. But the benefit of having my mom as the school nurse Meant that I knew all of the other teachers and I knew the ins and the outs. And even though this is absolutely disgusting now thinking about this, I loved it because my mom had a bed in her office and I could sneak into my mom's office and go lay down on that bed. It never crossed my mind that that's where all the sick kids went and laid. (laughs) But I thought it was so cool. I had an access that no other student had to be able to do that. And even as I got older into high school and, and when I was in middle school, especially, I had this access to my mom and the nurses that were under my mom that uh, would give me special treatment a little bit. I could go in there and say, oh, I'm just not feeling good. And I would get to go home. I would get to get out of class because if I went to the other nurses and said that, they weren't going to send me back to class. So I had this access that I took advantage of a little bit. But with moms, you get a unique access. And what you have access to... And your life can be a game changer. It can change the way we do everything in our life based on what we have access to. Now, in contrast to your relationship with your mom, there are people in your life that you know a lot about. It doesn't mean that you have access to them, but you may know a lot about them. For instance, I know a lot about this guy. Can we pull up that picture? Who can tell me who that is right there? Mr. Kawhi Leonard, right? We've hung out on multiple occasions. You guys didn't know that, right? We were in the same room hanging out. He was on the court. I was in the stands. But we were in the same room hanging out. I know a lot about him, right? I know his numbers, some of his stats, where he played college, and, and all those details, and that he's been a ghost this year, you know, disappeared, right? I know all these things. But do I know him? Obviously, no, I don't. Knowing about him is completely different than having access to him. Now, there's some of you in this room that think if you had access to him, you would like to have a really good chat with him, right? (laughs) Set him straight on some things. Same goes with world leaders, right? We know a lot about leaders in the world, but we don't have access to them. We just can't call them up on the cell phone and say, hey, we're going to grab lunch and I need to talk to you about some stuff. We don't have that level of access, Knowing about someone is not the same as having access to them. The difference between knowing about someone and truly knowing someone is access. And the better you know somebody, the more access that you have to that person. You know them more intimately, right? Your mom knows you very intimately. She changed your diaper. She watched you grow up. She knows what you struggle with and what you're good at. She has an unlimited access to you, or she did in the early years, right? Over the next few weeks, we want to look at the reality that we have been given an unbelievable access to God, an access that allows us to learn, to grow, an access that leads us and shapes us in our Christian faith. Access to God can be put in one simple word, and that's prayer. Prayer is your opportunity to be in God's presence, to speak to God, to hear from God. You have been given access to God himself, and we do that through prayer. Prayer is simply a conversation with God. Which, if you think about that in itself, is amazing. First of all, that you or I would even have the ability to have access to God, right? Because there's a lot of people that you will never have access to, even if you wanted to. But you have access to God. But beyond just having access to God through prayer, we can have a conversation with God. Not just a one-way conversation, but a two-way conversation. This is access at the highest level. It's not just a meeting, but it's a relationship. Access so strong that you have refrigerator rights with God, that you can just walk into His presence wherever you're at, and you can have that conversation with Him. No signal needed, no power needed. You have the opportunity to have a conversation with God. Even if you don't have the right words, even if you don't pray with these and thou's and you don't have too much scripture memorized or you haven't been to church in a long time, you still have access to God. Not based on what you deserve, but based on how God sees us in the opportunities that he has given us. Now, this is amazing, but it hasn't always been this way. So if we rewind back to the beginning of the Bible, we can go back to Adam and Eve, and they had an extraordinary access to God, because the Bible tells us in Genesis Genesis 3 that they're out walking in the garden, they're talking to one another, and they're able to talk to God, to have a conversation with God. He speaks to them, they speak to Him, they speak to each other, and they're able to carry on this conversation. However, Adam and Eve choose sin. And then comes the fall of man and that changes everything. The free access that they had to communicate with God then changes. And it tells us that Adam and Eve then hid from God. And God sought them out and found them and talked to them. And I want to encourage you, if you feel like you're separated from God, Just like with Adam and Eve, God is pursuing you. He is pursuing you to have a conversation with you, to draw you close to Him. As we move on through the Old Testament, communication with God is very different than what you and I have. Because in the Old Testament, communication with God was limited to certain people, at certain times, in certain places. And God would do this sometimes to bring encouragement Often to bring correction, sometimes just to speak truth. He would often do this through angels or through prophets or in the holy of holies where only certain people could go. And so when God spoke, it wasn't to everybody. It wasn't to normal people. It was only to a select few people, through a select few people, that God would speak. It was so much so. That in the temple, in the in the temple in the Old Testament, they would have the Holy of Holies where, where God's presence was. And the highest priest could go in there, right? And he could be in God's presence and sense God's presence and be spoken to by God's presence. But it was such a holy place with such limited restrictions that that high priest had to tie a rope around his ankle before he went in there, just in case he dropped dead in the presence of God so that the other priests could pull him back out. Moms, how cool would that be, right? If you could be like, if you come in here with that attitude one more time, your daddy better tie a rope around your ankle so he can drag you out of here, right? That power would be awesome to control the conversation that way. But most of the time in the Old Testament, God was just silent. And people tried to do the right thing and be the right people and they struggled and they failed and they gave it a good attempt and they failed and for the most part, God was just silent. And then we get to the New Testament, Jesus shows up and everything changes. But I do want to encourage you, if your life is just really mostly filled with silence as far as hearing anything from God, or you communicating to God, that's not where God created us to live right now. That happened in the Old Testament, but it doesn't have to happen anymore because Jesus shows up and he changes everything. Because Jesus shows up in the flesh and people are able to talk with God in the flesh. But also Jesus gives us a whole new paradigm because Jesus dwells among the people. He speaks to the people. But he speaks of God the Father in a way that people had never heard before. He spoke to God as Father. And up till Jesus shows up, nobody referred to God as Father. But Jesus shows up and he says, I'm going to change the way that you can and should communicate with God. He continually demonstrates his need to pray. He didn't refer to God from a religious perspective of, you know, if you do good enough, then he will hear you. But he refers to God in a relationship. It's entirely different access, right? In the Old Testament, people like you and me, we didn't have access to God. Jesus shows up and he says, you know what? I have access to God. And you can have access to God too. As a matter of fact, one day when he's teaching the people, they're asking, how should we pray? And Jesus says, well, let me, let me teach you how to pray because you have access to God like you don't even realize. And he shares, and this is a verse that almost every one of you have memorized, even though you don't know that you have it memorized. Matthew 6, 9, he says, Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. And he goes on with the rest of the Lord's Prayer. But what I want to focus on is just that first line. And he's not saying this is just, you memorize this, you say it, and that's good. He's saying, no, this is a model for how you pray. And he starts by saying, our Father. So those two words there are very important. Because it's not just his Father, he's saying, our Father. For all of us who believe You have access to God as your very own Father. Our Father. That's how we have access to God. Now, we're so used to that line of the prayer that we we just know what it says. But we don't understand how revolutionary this was to everybody who heard Him say, this is how you pray, our Father. He's telling every one of them, you have an unbelievable access to God himself. Jesus was letting them know that we have access to God through prayer. You see, Jesus comes to redeem in every way. And when he shows up to redeem, he not only redeems our sinful nature, but he even redeems how we communicate with God, right? Because Adam and Eve were able to freely communicate with God. And then that's broken through sin. And then it's limited, but then Jesus shows up and he says, "I'm going to redeem even how you can communicate with God." Now, it's easy to look at that and go, "Yeah, but Adam, that's Jesus." Right? I mean, Jesus talking to God the Father is a little different than me talking to God the Father. And I would say you're right. However, God again takes another step so that we can have access to God because Jesus, as you know, is arrested. He's crucified. He rises again on the third day. People see him. He's talking to believers in the book of Acts. And then he ascends to heaven. And then what happens? God sends the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that filled Jesus, that he was able to hear the Father through and communicate through so so that he had access to God the Father, is the same Holy Spirit that fills you and I today So that we can know the will of God. We have the same access to God, the Father, that Jesus had. As a matter of fact, because of Jesus, here's what it says in Hebrews. Chapter 10, verses 19 through 21. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Because of the blood of Jesus, by His death, Jesus opened a new life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. We have access to God the Father because of the blood of Jesus because the Holy Spirit is within us. And it's not like you just have access every once in a while. On Sundays, okay, then you can hear God. Anytime we have unlimited access to God, no matter what we're going through, no matter where we're at, because Jesus has taken our place, we have been given a special privilege, an access to God. It says this in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith... We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we can confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. For those of you who remember a little ways back, remember Seinfeld and how Kramer would just bust into the room every episode, right? That's what I picture here. God the Father, the Holy of Holies that nobody could go into without being ready to drop dead. Jesus makes a way where every single one of us can just walk right in to God's presence. He has opened the invitation for every one of us to walk into His presence and have access to Him. Now the problem with unlimited access is that we tend to take it for granted because it's always there and it doesn't cost you anything. When it's always there and it doesn't cost you anything, we just think, oh, that's great until you don't have it, right? We don't really appreciate it, right? If you just always have Wi-Fi, it doesn't cost you anything. The signal never runs out. You don't really appreciate the Wi-Fi that you have, right? I remember as I was thinking about this, I thought back, in the uh, late 1990s, I was doing student ministry in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And there was this craze sweeping the nation. These little herd of donuts called Krispy creams. All of a sudden, people were talking about these things, and they were making the news. And I remember hearing about those things and thinking, I'd like to... Try a little bit of that circular sin, right? I mean, it sounds pretty good. I saw the video, how it dunks it in there, and all that kind of stuff. There were people literally who were driving to Dallas in their SUVs and loading up their SUV with dozens of Krispy Kreme donuts, bringing them back, and then selling them day old, two day old, and cold for 20, 30 bucks a box because everybody wanted to try these. Krispy Kreams that they had heard of, because the reason everybody wanted to try it is they didn't have access to it, but they wanted to have access to it, so they were willing to try it even two days old and cold for 30 bucks. They would go buy a a box, and these were selling like crazy, until Krispy Kreme caught on to this, right? And then they started putting Krispy Kreme shops all over the country, and then all of us could get Krispy Kreams, and we're like, eh. I'll get one on Sunday morning. They're good, right? But I'm not going to eat one two days old and pay $25 for it because I, I don't appreciate the access that I have. You see, when everybody had access to it, it lost its appeal. And you and I, when we have access to God every day for everything that we're going through and facing, sometimes we lose the appreciation that we have for that. I'll have to be honest as well. I probably don't call my mom as often as I should. I don't check on her as often as I should. I don't, I don't let her know how much she means to me as often as I should. And that's because she's always there and always available. I always have access to my mom. But you know what? I would love to sit on the porch with my granny one more time. Who passed away when I was five. I would love to be able to pick up the phone and call my Nana Peg again one more time. Hear one of her stories one more time. I appreciate that now because I've lost that access because they're no longer with us. Those of you who have lost your mom in this room, you know what it's like to say, oh, if I just had that access one more time, how much I would treasure it. I want to encourage you, To treasure the access that you have with God. And don't take it for granted. Because the truth is, you have a God who knows you even better than your own mom knows you. And you have a God who longs to be with you and pour wisdom and insight into your life. And you have the access to get that. He's just waiting for you. One of my favorite passages in scripture comes from Psalm 139. Verse 1 through 6 says this. "O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You know me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on me. On my head, such knowledge is too wonderful, too great for me to understand. God has access to you and you have access to God. And the truth is, God wants to hear from you through prayer. And God wants you to hear from Him as you pray. The good news is God isn't into guessing games Well, saying, I hope you picked the right door, number one, two, or three, because if you choose the wrong one, you're out of luck. God wants you to know his will, and we have access to God. Moms, can you imagine this? If your child, in those years when they're growing and being shaped and knowledge is just being poured into them, If your child came to you and said, listen, mom, I just want to spend 15 minutes with you every day. And in that 15 minutes, I want to tell you about things that I'm going through. I want to tell you about things that are hard for me. And I want to tell you about things that I'm really excited about. And also in that 15 minutes, I just want to be quiet and listen. And I want to listen to anything that you have to tell me about who I am or what I need to do in life, choices that I need to make. And mom, whatever you tell me, I'm going to listen to that and I'm going to obey that. Mom, if you survived that conversation, right, what a privilege and opportunity that that would be. To be able to pour into your child's life for just a few minutes each day, getting to know the most inward parts of them, but also getting to point them in the right direction and protect them from the things that you need to protect them from. As a parent, every one of us can understand that that would be just unbelievable and amazing. Every single one of us have that opportunity every day to sit in God's presence and say, God, God. Search me, know me, lead me, instruct me. And also while I'm here, I just want to pour everything out so that I'm not hiding anything because you already know it anyway. You have access to God, and God is waiting for you to reach out to Him. In the weeks ahead, we're going to talk more specifically about how can we pray And how can we really hear God's voice? How can you know what God is leading you to and saying in your life? And how can we make that a regular part of our life where it's not just something like, yeah, that's what people at church talk about that, but I don't know how to make that happen in my life. We want to talk about how you can genuinely live connected to God. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today that you have opened up the doors of heaven. For every single one of us as a believer, Father, that we can walk into your presence. We can hear your voice. We can be led by you. We can be convicted by you and shaped by you and molded by you and healed by you in your presence, Father. And we also have a place, Father, where we can lay down the burdens that we carry. Lord, we thank you. That you made the way for us through Jesus so that that could happen. Lord, I thank you that you sent Jesus to take our place to even make that possible. That by his blood and his sacrifice, we can be known by you and loved by you and led by you. Father, if there's anybody here today who's at a place where they just say, I need that relationship with God, I encourage you just take a moment. And in your own words, would you just surrender all that you are? To Jesus and ask God to be the Lord of your life. Lord, we thank you again that you sent Jesus, that by his blood and his stripes we are made new creations. Father, today we surrender all that we are. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice of Jesus, that we can give you all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen.